My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in the ballroom of the Yusupov Palace, right downtown St. Petersburg, Russia. This is a magnificent palace, and it is remarkable that it was not destroyed during the Bolshevik Revolution. This is original, and it was the home of the Yusupov family for five generations. This was the ballroom. And if we had been allowed to peek into this room before the revolution, we would have seen it filled with people dancing to the accompaniment of the most beautiful music. And the musicians sat behind the grill above the door. And their music could be heard in the ballroom, also in the great white banquet room just beyond those doors. But when I'm in this room, I think about you and me being the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, when the Apostle Paul writes and says, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Look at the embellishments in this room. The gold, the ornamentation on the ceiling, the chandelier. It is simply spectacular. But wait, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That word temple is the Greek word neos. It describes a highly decorated shrine, which means if our eyes were opened and we could see inside us, we would find that what is in us is far greater than anything like this. We are embellished by God inwardly, and it really means you and I are a walking sanctuary. We don't even have to go to church to worship because we carry God within us. We are a walking sanctuary. We can worship God anywhere, at any moment of any day, because we take God with us everywhere we go. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Rutt. My friend, thank you for letting me come into your space. I've been sitting in this chair waiting for you with Denise Renner. Denise is with me again today. Denise, welcome. Thank you, Rick. I've enjoyed being on these programs. Honey, we're talking about the power of worship and how to encounter God's powerful presence in worship. God doesn't want us just to have a song service. God wants us to encounter his powerful presence in worship. Denise, how in the world did we not understand that when we were growing up? I don't know. Oh, we sang wonderful songs and didn't even listen to what we were singing. No. You know, yesterday we were singing together, Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed Redeemed by by the the blood blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by His infinite infinite mercy. mercy. His child and forever I am. I think about that. Redeemed by His infinite Infinite mercy. mercy. His His child child and forever forever I am. am. And you know, today I can sing that in my private time here in our home when I'm reading my Bible and worshiping. But when I was young, I was just singing notes. I didn't even listen to what we were saying or how about 
Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. You know, if you really count your blessings, it will stir up your faith. Yes. But honey, I wasn't counting my blessings. I was just trying to sing the notes because we were having a song service. And I'm so grateful that I grew up in a church that had such a good music program. It really develops you when you develop yourself musically. But personally, I did not understand worship. Maybe other people did. I did not. I never really encountered worship until I went to a Catherine Coleman meeting. And when people began to worship and sing the song, Alleluia, I thought, what? Uh, what is happening? I've never felt anything like this. And that was the first time I understood that worship forms a conduit that brings the presence of God, that shifts everything in the atmosphere. Wow. That's why we're teaching this brand new series, which is called Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. When you worship, you will encounter God's powerful presence. And my friends, Denise and I want you to have this series because we want you to encounter God's powerful presence. And it comes with a study guide so you can follow along while you're listening or while you're seeing this entire series. And we're also offering you this week a book by our son, Philip Renner, which is called Worship Without Limits. The subtitle says The Place of Supernatural Access to God's Supernatural Presence and power. The back of the book says, Worship Without Limits, this book equips you to change atmospheres around you, to cultivate a spirit of humility that gets heaven's attention, and will teach you how to use melody and key to unleash unity from heaven. And Denise, I read this from cover to cover. It is outstanding. I read it from cover to cover too. And Rick, that book will really encourage you to worship. And even the name Worship Without Limits, mm -hmm. you understand this book is going to take you into a new place. And you can order this by going online or by giving us a call. And right now we're also offering you my book, which is called A Life Ablaze. Ten Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. And one chapter is called Ablaze with Worship. You know, when I first met Denise, she and I were attending a small university church at the university that we had, a church at the university where we were going to school. We had such amazing worship there. But you know, Denise, if I look back on it, we didn't have very good music. I mean, there really wasn't many musical instruments. It was mainly a guitar. Yeah. Mainly a guitar. Yes. But because our hearts were involved, we worshiped. And God's presence came into those meetings. We saw signs and wonders and miracles and it unleashed gifts of the Holy Ghost. All of that came after we worshiped. And Psalm 22 verse 3 says, God inhabits or sits enthroned upon the praises of his people. And it's really true, just like metal is attracted to a magnet. When you begin to worship, it attracts the presence of God and we're learning this week that it literally forms a conduit or a channel through which the Spirit of God comes with God's manifested glory. And when that glory comes into the place, everything changes. The environment shifts. Mysteries are unlocked. Revelation is revealed. People get healed. People that are depressed get set free. All of that happens when God's presence comes and worship forms a conduit for that presence. Anyway, Kind of got excited, but order my book called A Life 
ablaze. You'll be so glad that you ordered it. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you in our ministry. Denise, we really believe in praying for people. Oh, we really believe in praying for people and we hear about miracles. So let us know how to pray for you and reach for your Bible. And today we're going to find out about God's powerful presence being released through songs. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I used to wonder what kind of songs did they sing in the New Testament? Have you ever wondered that? Because today there's so many different styles and it seems with every 10 years, there's a new style. <laughs> like the style today is very different than the style when we grew up. Today, it seems like people are singing music that doesn't always make sense to my ears. I don't know what you feel, but the music really changes with every generation. That's all right. God will move through any kind of worship, through any kind of music, as long as the heart is involved. The heart is what is key. But I always wondered, what kind of songs did they sing in the early days of the New Testament? And guess what? We know the answer. You know how we know the answer? Because scholars speculate, Denise, that there may be as many as 30 songs recorded in the New Testament, and it's called hymnic literature. And when you study it in the Greek, you always know when you've come across hymnic literature. What is hymnic literature? It is songs that were sung in the New Testament, which were incorporated into the books of the New Testament. Let's use the example of the Apostle Paul. He's writing, let's say, to the church of Ephesus. He's trying to make a point. And all of a sudden, it's almost as though he says, I know how to make the point. It's like the song you guys sing in your church. And he injected into the text the words to a song they were singing in Ephesus. Or how about when Paul wrote to the Colossians? There we also find hymnic literature. Paul is writing about the deity of Jesus. And all of a sudden, he injects the words of a song into the book. And it's like he says, hey, I know how to make my point. You guys know the song you sing in your church. Here it is. And he quotes the words to the psalm. Or how about the book of Philippians? He does the very same thing in the book of Philippians. So let's look at a couple of these examples, Denise. And what's so powerful about this is if you look at the songs which were being sung in these churches, then you understand what was being preached in these churches. Because the songwriters in the first century understood the power of taking sermons and putting them to music. You know, very often if you hear a message, you'll forget it, but you don't forget a song. And it looked like the leadership of the early church said, hey, this message is so important. I want you songwriters to please put this into a tune so people can take it home and sing it. It's like you and me. I don't remember hardly any of the sermons I heard when I was growing up, but I remember those songs. Songs stay with you. And so when you look at these words, you really find out what they were preaching in the early church because the songwriters took the sermons, put them into music. And it's for this reason that several years ago, I said to the songwriters in our own church in Moscow, hey, these messages are so important. I want you to take what I'm preaching and put them into song so people can take my messages home and sing them because people don't forget what they sing. Isn't that powerful, Denise? Powerful. Okay, let's look at the first example of hymnic literature in the New Testament. 
actually there's many, but the first one we're going to be looking at is Ephesians 5, verse 14. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Where he, for he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. That's a quote. That is a quote of a song. That is hymnic literature. They were singing these words, Awake thou that sleepest. Rise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. This was a worship song they were singing mm -hmm. in Ephesus. But hey, let's look at example number two. You're going to be shocked by this one. An example of hymnic literature in the book of Colossians. This heavy duty text in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 to 20 says, Speaking of Jesus and the deity of Christ, Who is the image of the invisible God? the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Mm. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him I say again whether they be things in earth or things in heaven that's hymnic literature hey, that is some pretty heavy duty lyrics powerful that is what they were saying so now Paul was writing to the Colossians and Colossians were kind of dealing with some serious issues of worshiping angels and Paul wanted to remind them, hey guys, Christ is our focus. So he says, hey, let me remind you, it's like the song you're singing in your church and he takes this hymnic literature, the words, the lyrics to a song they're singing and injects them right into the text. This is what they were singing. Well, you know what? If you sing that, you're going to release some power in your life. You're going to bring the presence of God into your atmosphere. But let's look at a third example. And boy, I love this one. Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and hath given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Oh, every knee should bow of things in heaven, and of things in the earth, and things under the earth... That is hymnic literature. That is what they were singing. And Rick, your sister wrote those words to into music. a song. Into a song. It's so beautiful. You know, we're from an interesting family. My great grandfather was the band director for P.T. Barnum. That's pretty amazing. So my family played all kinds of musical instruments. Denise's family is a singing family. Her mother was Nora Stamps. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Stamps Quartet. That's the same line that Denise's family is from. She's a Stamps. Well, they're singers. I was grew from a family, came from a family of instrumentalists. Actually, we had a circus, but everybody played an instrument. Denise sings. My sister plays the piano and is a songwriter, and she took this verse, Philippians 2, verses 9 through 10, and she put it into a song. Can I sing it, Rick? You can, Denise. I might join you. All right. Therefore God highly exalted him 
and has given him a name, the name, the name, which is above every name. Continue it. At the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow. Should bow. And every tongue, tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to, to the, the glory, glory of God, God the, the Father. Father. All right, now just like you and I sang that, they were singing that in the church at Philippi. Isn't that amazing? And who knows, it might have been popular in all the churches. Mm. It was popular enough that when Paul was writing his text, he could say, hey, mm. I know how to make my point. It's like the song you guys are singing in your church. And he began to quote it. This is hymnic literature. And Denise, scholars really estimate that in Paul's writings alone, there may be as many as 30 pieces of hymnic literature. And that tells me something else. Paul knew those songs. Of course he knew them. He walked everywhere to do his ministry. He spent time on ships by himself. He spent time in prison by himself. He was a man who knew the songs and he sang the songs. And God's powerful presence can be released through song. Denise. Well, Rick, it, that's a sermon. I mean, if you're saying, therefore God has highly exalted him and has given him a name which is above every single name, well, there's your healing. His name is above cancer. His name is above leukemia. His name is above blindness. His name is above every name. And when you say those things, it, it, it's a sermon. It, it's an exhortation to your own soul. And it brings the powerful presence of and God. And it brings the powerful presence But there's of God. a fourth example I want us to look at. Are you ready? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 to 13, where Paul is writing oh. to Timothy, who was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And he's speaking to Timothy about being faithful and sticking mm. with his commitment to the end, regardless of the price that has to be paid. Mm. And then Paul begins to quote hymnic literature. It's almost like Paul says, oh, I know how to make the point. Let me quote the words to the song you guys are singing in your church. And here it is. Here it is. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live, live with, with him. him. If we suffer, we shall also reign Rain with him. him. If we deny him, yeah. he will also deny yes. us. That's quite a song. Yes. If we believe yes. not, yet he abides faithful, he cannot deny himself. These were not words that just make you feel good and pacified. No. These are challenging words that have to do with consecration and commitment. Yeah. And these songs mirrored what was being preached in the church. What kind of a people would it take to sing? Mm. If we be dead with him, we'll live. also live. live with him. They were singing that. If we suffer, we'll reign with him. If we deny him, he'll deny us. If we believe not, yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. They were singing what was being preached. They were taking that message home mm. and singing it and singing it and singing it. What a way to get revelation into your heart. You just sing it into your heart. And they were filming, forming a conduit, a channel 
through which God's powerful presence could come. I think that is amazing to me. Well, Rick, that te- you said they were singing what they preached. They weren't preaching about how to improve your personality. No, they weren't. They were preaching about how to endure until the end and stay committed to Christ. If that's what they were singing, it really means they saw themselves as an advancing army. Yes. They were stirring themselves up to be faithful to the end, regardless of what was required. Singing it and singing it and singing it until they got it down on the inside of them. Mm. And through singing those songs, they released God's powerful presence, not just at church, in their home groups, in their kitchens. As they were walking along the street, singing these songs, humming these songs to themselves until they got it down inside them. Mm. That is amazing. If we die, we will reign. It's powerful. (laughs) But hey, there's a lot more we need to cover. And when we come back tomorrow, we're going to sing God's powerful presence in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. What is the difference between a song and a hymn? And what in the world is a spiritual song? We need to know because in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, it says, speaking to yourselves, speaking to yourselves, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. heart. So we know this is worship. This is not just a song service. To the heart. Making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse really teaches us how we can have a worship service at home, in the car or anywhere where we find ourselves. If you can access yourself to a psalm, a hymn, and a spiritual song from the heart, you can form that channel for God's presence to come. And when God's presence comes, demons are going to flee. Revelation is going to be unlocked. The atmosphere is going to be shifted. All of that happens when you enter into worship. Because God comes. He comes. Psalm 22, 3. God sits enthroned on the praises of his people. He says, oh, that's so good. I want to join them. And his presence comes. And when God comes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Denise, we're out of time. But we'll be back in just a moment. And we are going to pray for you. A recent report says among adults who regularly attend church services, one half admit that they haven't experienced God's manifested presence at any time during the past year. And this was not among the Easter and Christmas only church attenders, but among people who attended an average of more than two dozen worship services last year. God wants you to encounter his powerful presence in worship. And that's why Rick and Denise Renner have taught the new five-part series, Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. In this life-changing series, you will learn of God's powerful presence in personal worship, God's powerful presence in New Testament songs, God's powerful presence in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, God's powerful presence in different sounds and styles. God's presence is powerful and is with us everywhere we go. This five-part series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $10. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, Worship Without Limits, by Philip Renner and A Life Ablaze by Rick Renner. In both books, you'll learn how to tap into the supernatural and access the power of God during worship. A whole new supernatural realm awaits you, and these two books will help you know how to step into that realm. 
Order your copy of Worship Without Limits for only $17 and A Life Ablaze for only $18. Bring the supernatural presence of God right to where you are and shift the atmosphere in your life. Don't miss this special offer, the series Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship and the books Worship Without Limits and A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio. And I want to say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for. The building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building. And from this location, we're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. Well, this week we've been talking about what happens when you worship and you've also learned a little bit about the music ministry of Rick and Denise Renner. We love to sing together. <laughs> In fact, when we got married, we went on our honeymoon. Our, no, our first date. Rick. Our first date and our honeymoon. And our honeymoon. We sang and sang and sang. We worshiped God because we wanted God's presence we to did. be in the middle of our marriage. <laughs> And when you worship God, God just gets in the middle of everything that you're doing. And that's why I want you to have the brand new series called Encountering God's Powerful Presence in Worship. The subtitle says Steps to Enter God's Powerful Presence in Personal Worship. You don't have to wait till you get to church. We saw yesterday that you are a walking cathedral. You can worship everywhere you go. And this comes with a study guide so you can follow along while you read it, while you see it, or while you hear it. And we're offering you a book by our son, Philip, which is called Worship Without Limits. And guys, I'm telling you, this book is really good. You need to get this book. The subtitle says, The Place of Supernatural Access mm. Mm. to God's Presence and Power. Please order yours today. And we're also offering you my book, which is called A Life Ablaze, the 10 essential fuels you need to be putting into your spiritual oven so you remain on fire to the end of your life. It is not God's will for you to start on fire and lose your fire. 
And if you know what to put into the fire, you can keep burning your whole life and remain a life ablaze. So please order all of these by going online or by giving us a call. And when you reach out to us, please let us know how to pray for you. And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we pray for our precious friend. Lord, we pray for the power of God to enter their space right now, shift the atmosphere, and change everything in their life. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And remember Ecclesiastes 8, 4, Denise, what does it say? Where the word of the king is, there is power. We'll see you tomorrow.